0: and the hardcore. I think they said, yeah. 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 Let me talk to him. Now, introducing your hosts, let's give it up for the prescription filling, smart slaying, cowboy boot wear and son of a gun. Make some noise for Doc. Because the greats don't need to be goaded into greatness. They seek it out. They crave it. They dare the entire locker room to come after them, just like
1: I'm going to seek you out.
0: Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. Nope. It's just our third man, Johnny Smarts. Smarks. Who said you can speak? host with the most the baby face of podcasting J C Bones Let's make one thing clear
2: I don't watch this business this business watches me
0: Sit back and enjoy your dose of k fave consumption as you listen to The Fourth Wall Wrestlecast Oops I'm breaking the fourth breaking wall. the fourth wall Fam, welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the 4th Wall Cast. That's right, folks. We are rebranding ourselves moving forward to become the 4th Wall Cast because we are now here to bring you the news and reviews, the opinions and reactions of all things in music, TV, pro wrestling, Film, sports, and so much more. We are going to be your one-stop shop for all things pop culture. So be sure to find us exclusively starting February 1st on the 4th Wall Pop Network, available on all major podcast platforms. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Also, joining the ranks of the 4th Wall Pop Network are our good brothers... From the Big Heck and Wade Adventures. That's right, Big Heck and Wade are here to bring you all the news and reviews in collectibles, comic cons, film, pro wrestling, and so much more. Be sure to tune in February 1st to the 4th Wall Pop Network and give a listen to Heck and Wade and the 4th Wall cast. Without further ado, allow me to introduce myself. I am your host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones, and as always, I am accompanied by the two goodest of good brothers. They are the Mo and Larry to my Curly. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the ones and the onlys, Doc and Smarky. What up, fellas? It's good to have you guys all back.
2: Yo.
1: What's up, man?
0: (laughs) Not much, guys. What's up, ben? How you been? I've uh, been pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, it's been a, I've, I've been absent the past couple of weeks. Had some personal things to take care of. I did have a death in the family, but uh, now I'm getting back into doing my usual gigging. Uh, this is the start of wedding season. I had a little doubleheader this weekend. What about you guys? You guys gigging at all? Uh, yeah, no actually. Gigging. Oh, you got the gig? What'd you gig? Uh, well, <clears throat> the Motown
2: band down here called lighthouse one of the first places we started gigging so we uh we always like it there they like us we like them the long-standing relationship yeah so you know other than that we're uh we're picking up where we go we're trying to move our gigs north get some more get some more fans and going from there always added new songs our uh you know we we always have this thing that we have to learn two to three songs for each gig our catalog has grown we're you know we're. I think we're pushing 200 songs so that's fun nice it's
0: a, it's a lot man it's well done yeah. we love it we love it awesome. well done well yeah so my, my weekend was extremely long I got home probably only a few hours ago at this point uh, from Damn. my gig last night and right now <laughs> you, you know how I feel guys road life you know how I feel hashtag I feel like I just spent 40 seconds with Conor McGregor Oh, <laughs> Woo. Damn, that's exactly Dude, that was, how that
1: I was, feel. That was that was a return last night. Yeah. Talk about a saying. return, right? Talk about a return. Man, he came out. So he he was hitting. He was in cowboy with every part of his body that mm-hmm. he could conceive yeah. shoulder uh kicks to the head. And obviously uh numerous right hand hammer fists. Yep. I mean, it was it, that was a slaughter. Yeah, but it was a well, slaughter. Connor's well, back, and it's and it's great for the sport because he is, he is the superstar of that sport, and both both of them need each other, and it's good that he's back with a vengeance, and that's get some. That's time to get some real fights going.
2: Yeah. You know, I might be one of the only people that did not watch. Um, I was going to watch. I got I got a couple invites. Um, I worked for those of you who don't know. I uh, I'm a big fan of uh, beer. And I work at a brewery, and um, <laughs> I uh, I got home last night, and we just passed the fuck out.
0: <laughs> well, it yeah, wasn't I, that I long know. of a match. You could probably find the forty second clip on YouTube. Yeah, or
1: you know, you know, a good place to find them is on Instagram. Like, put a hashtag
0: of UFC two forty
1: six on Instagram, and you'll find someone who was there live that recorded it.
2: You just got to keep looking for him because UFC tries to take him down too. Mm-hmm. So should we, uh, should we be talking about illegal ways to watch paid stuff? Is, is that...
1: As long I, I as mean, the feds aren't... Are no, no, uh, abso- you know, I, I don't even mind because a 40-second fight, really, someone had to pay for that? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that that was know the only complaint I saw from that fight, where people actually paid for the pay-per-view, watched the entire thing just to watch the Cowboy-Connor match, and it ended up being a 40-second match. Well,
1: that's the risky take when you get to, when you right. invest any money into boxing or yeah, mixed martial exactly. arts. Right, it's just a risky take. Yeah. It's but, got to be exciting though. At least Conor's knockouts are exciting because he's been in, and you're going to get a, usually a pretty sick promo afterwards. Mm-hmm, right.
0: <laughs> now, what, when be, was Conor's last match? His last fight was against Mayweather, right? For that 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 special the match boxing they did. match, the yeah, boxing the match, boxing
1: right? match. think that's the last. Time he's been in the ring, yeah, been in the ring, or at he's all, been, but you know, it's some sort of some sort
0: of competitive fighting thing, right? But you know, going going back and watching that clip, man, he did not skip a beat. It's nope. like he hasn't left the ring, and even though it was a forty second squash, it was still he was still very technical and. He really played mind games, the way he worked, he worked the, the I, I'm going to call it the ring, the octagon with cowboy and stuff, and yep. he really lorded him. It, it, was, it was very mindful of that, and I, I appreciated that, just watching how he fought, and how he, and how he came out victorious after 40 seconds, you know? It was a very yeah. interesting 40 seconds to watch. <laughs> yeah, you, you ain't <clears throat> wrong. Um, He
1: came in a lot more, like, all business yes. for this fight, like, you see all the promo stuff before, and he wasn't—he wasn't his normal self. He, he wasn't—I want to say normal. Self, he wasn't his brash. You know, his arrogance portrayed in a different way—a more, a more, mm-hmm. so, more grown-up and sophisticated way. Right. And you know, you can tell he came in like with a chip on his shoulder, looking to prove something. It was just—it was bad for Cowboy from the beginning. I from think From the start exactly right, right, right from the start. Just from the Conor's mindset. You know, you just—I had a feeling this fight was going to be quick you know unless cowboy was could have taken connor down there was no chance that he was beating connor and I, uh, I guess my um my intuition was right
2: i um you know I, it was good to see him like that i i don't like the whole thing in, in ufc where they uh you know they they cut like pro wrestling promos like connor's been doing because they're actually fighting and i feel like that just degrades the sport a little bit
1: I, I don't know. No way. I find it entertaining, dude. Yeah. I find it I find it entertaining. I mean, you guys think these guys are like freaking they're jacked up dudes, man. Like I I would rather just see what their real personality is rather than you know have them put on some show of like, "Oh, this is a classy thing because we're fighting." Like, right. I don't know, man. you're fighting, you, and you got your adrenaline going. All you want to do is talk shit, especially when you beat the living fuck out of somebody.
0: Right. Yeah. And also, and don't forget, I don't know if you guys have been watching UFC since UFC 1, but I've been watching it since the days of Royce Gracie, Ken Shamrock, you know, all the original guys from, from way back when. But yeah, don't forget, UFC or MMA was banned from the U.S. for years. Before it eventually came back. And when it came back, they introduced the weight limits and it became a little more commercialized and okay to, to see on, on, on television, you know, on a weekly see, basis. So I think I that's I also why the promos came into play and they had to, you know, do the weight classes, things like that to make it a little more acceptable to the public. That'd be entertaining.
2: See, yeah, it's entertaining, but those <laughs> those early matches with like Dan Severn and Ken Shamrock and all them. Tag Abbott. Yeah, uh, Tag cool. Like, that was cool. Because it was just people from different types of fighting
0: you yes, know, different sports styles, getting yes. together. And but it still is. It still is. Yes. It's just, in, weight cla- it's just in the weight class. It's just classified by weight now. Right. But also MMA now is a style of fighting.
2: Yes. You know, that
0: wasn't a style of fighting. Grappling, I don't really think, was much of a thing back then. Back then it was more jujitsu and taekwondo and, and different styles of martial arts and kickboxing. But I definitely – I can see what you're saying though, John, how people who like the fighting don't really want to deal with the promos if they're not wrestling fans like we are.
2: I just want to see people be- – uh, well, I like wrestling, but <laughs> right. I also want to see real fighting where people just beat the shit out of each other. Right. I don't even watch boxing anymore because I feel like it's become too much. Boxing is rigged. That's the problem with boxing. Oh,
1: yeah, I just feel like that sport is so dirty. You don't think you is You don't think UFC's dirty? <laughs> not so much like like yeah. boxing. No, no. It seems I, I really do think more often than not the best guy wins. And there's so many knockouts in UFC. I, I, I just don't. Yeah. No, I I, I think boxing's got way a, a worse problem than UFC does when it comes to that stuff.
0: Yeah, I hear you, man. But you know, on the topic of. Uh, of are, are the matches fixed and things like that? Let's talk about some scandals that are happening in the world of sports. Doc, I know you have some uh, some thoughts on the current baseball scandal. Please uh, shed some light on what exactly the scandal is for the listeners who don't know what's going on. So, so the Houston
1: Astros, winners of the 2017 World Series, are, are accused of using an electronic cheating system, and it's not even it's been confirmed that they did it now the suspensions are being handed out and all the consequences are being felt around the league uh, basically what happened was the the Astro's bench coach at the time uh, Alex Cora he developed a system to to it was like a system that involved electronic signals and hitting garbage cans that was basically sign stealing they knew the pitches that were coming before the pitches were coming. And if you go look at the Astros splits of those seasons, like their home and road splits of each player, it's astronomical, especially someone like a Jose Altuve, who I think batted like somewhere about 400 at home during that season, or maybe in the postseason. I read, it was, I'm, I'm, I'm like, my facts are getting crossed right now. I'm being bad at this. But Altuve's home and road splits are insane. George Springer, Bregman, the whole team. You can just look at the stats and you can see something is up. And it's now been confirmed that something was up. He developed this whole system. Um, Carlos Beltran, now former Mets manager, because, of course, the Mets, being the New York Mets, found a way to back themselves into this situation. Carlos Beltran um, helped Cora uh, design the system because Beltran was an expert at stealing signs and knowing signs. Now, there's always been sign stealing in baseball. Like, you know, a lot of times if a guy's on second base, there'll be a little system of how he can help the batter by tipping some pitches, by little actions that he's doing second. Like, that's always been okay because both teams can do that. One of the biggest problems with this electronic sign stealing system is that only the home team can do it. The road team doesn't have access to home teams, you know, ballpark. You need cameras. Like there was cameras in center field It's basically it was using, it was taking technology and using it for the wrong reasons. It was taking technology and pushing it too far. Like there's always been sign stealing. So I think that was why the Astros players thought it was okay. Like, okay, we've always done this. Now we're just doing it better and other things, but it's, it's not okay because only one, I mean, Sign stealing is illegal. We just kind of turn the blind eye to it, but only to a degree. You can't use electronics like that. You can't have a buzzer on you, buzzing you, telling you what pitch is coming. Like that—that's just not right. That's just too much, too much of too much of an unfair advantage. Right. Ric Fla- Flair would have gotten caught doing this eventually. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's that's how blatantly bad it was, and it said now now it would evolve. It evolved. Alex Cora mainly, who was the Astros' bench coach in 2017. After that season, he gets hired by the Red Sox to be their manager, and the Red Sox win the World Series that year.
2: <laughs> Do you think they're going to um, take the championships back from the Astros?
1: No, they you can't. You can't vacate titles. It's, it's, it's only one World Series. It's one World Series and one pennant and, and, and two pennants. I'm sorry, uh, you can't vacate at that point. It's just then no. you have to go back and vacate the steroid era, and you have to do. all oh, yeah, the Yankees would have to lose all four of their World Series titles today. It's just no. What you need to do? It's it's you have to look forward. Look forward to fix the things, not go to the past. Well, here's my um, I think other Alex thing. Co- I, I think Cora might get banned for life. I think well, that's going to be the. If biggest he's thing.
2: banned for life, Pete Rose is Pete Rose should be unbanned. Well, Pete Rose should have been unbanned years ago. I I agree, but yeah. this it, it's time. There there I feel are worse like, things.
1: Yeah, there there's worse things. There are worse things in the hall. There, there's there's like racists in the Hall of Fame. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: there's legit racists in the Baseball Hall of Fame.
2: There, there was someone at my job who was talking about this is worse than anything that happened in steroid and even like the Black Sox era. Well,
1: yes, mm-hmm. it is it, it, worse than anything. Definitely steroids. Um, and I said definitely and I was like, I like they, they were the only team that could have the advantage. That's one of the biggest problems. I said that earlier. One of the big like the road team can't have this advantage. That's one of the. Biggest problems, and it's taking, like I said, it's taking technology too far. I'm happy that Major League Baseball put a limit on where technology can take this sport. It's nice to see that because technology is starting to take over sports a little too much. And it was nice to see that at least baseball is like, okay, here you have a limit in competitive advantage with technology, and this is it. Uh, Core is probably gonna get he's gonna get at least a three year ban from the game, I would say, if not a ban for life. Uh, a ban for life doesn't mean you're banned for life. Those can be you know, retroactively taken away. So yeah. there is a chance. In I think Beltran's probably going to get some get get at least a year once it's all said and done, just because he was the only player named. So oh, you know, and what
2: Beltran is the best manager of the Mets ever. No. Yes. Losses. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm I saw so proud of that joke. I saw of that joke. <laughs> yeah, it's very only the
1: Mets. Like, <laughs> and it's this is the, this is the second only the Mets story in the past month after Cespedes and the wild boar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, they got to make headlines somehow if they're not going to win any games. You know. You know what though? You know it's crazy. They got
1: a team right now that could win some games this year. This year. You
0: so. Let me. I'm going to
2: throw this out there because I, you know, I. This is something that was brought up with my students at school. Technically, nothing they did was illegal. Yes, they cheated, but it's not in the rule book. You can you can learn science. So, I
0: guarantee it'll be in the rule book now.
1: Yeah, I, it, yeah, it will I be. Think, I, I think it'll be added to the rule book. This is the example <laughs> being set. and right. Baseball likes making examples of sports. Sports leagues in general like making examples of players or manager figures. Uh I think the Astros did the right thing in firing their their manager and GM Hinch and uh Luno, I believe is his last name, uh Jeff Juanho and then you know obviously the Red Sox fired Alex Cora, the Mets fired Carlos beltran Um so you're seeing all that stuff play out now, but yeah, I, I think Schmark, you just hit it right. You have to write a rule in the rule book and you have to just Put out the fin of guidelines of how far you can take sign stealing, and you also just gonna, you're going to have to have people monitoring the ballparks now. Right? Yeah, you're going have to have the Major League Baseball is going to have to hire you know,
2: technology monitors for each ballpark. Now, this is the other thing that came up. My students were were you know say what say what you want about this generation. Some of them actually like are really good at debating. Or like conversation. And, you know, one one of my students was like, well, how is it possible that they did this and no broadcast equipment picked up the frequency? So there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, Hmm. thought that went into this because, you know, frequency, frequency, you know, interference is big there.
1: So is there a chance that the Astros could have been scrambling the signals?
2: I don't know, unless they, they knew what broadcast used in their area, because, you know, every part of the country uses a different frequency. Um, I learned that when buying wireless mics. <laughs> Thank you, Bones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to think about, like, they got away with this and they could have been caught so quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they said they, that the, the bad thing that the, sad, the worst thing about it is, is that. Both teams that are being really heavily accused in this, the 17 Astros and the 18 Red Sox won the World Series. So it was a significant advantage. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, so now now I feel bad. Look, you know, how does a Dodgers fan feel right now? And I can't believe I'm even gonna say this, but how's a Yankees fan feel right now? Though it needs to be caught taught, you know, kept in mind that Beltron worked for the Yankees last year too. And there's not a part of me that doesn't think, you know, that guys like Brian Cashman, who's the Yankees GM, Brody Van Wagner, Mets GM. Yeah. They want it in. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't imagine that this conversation when they were hiring Beltron, the Mets, that this conversation never came up. Like, did we just not talk about it? It's like, hey, you know, there's just rumors about the cheating going on in Houston. You know anything about that? You know, like, like I, I have a hard time thinking Brody didn't know about this. You think don't so? Uh, I feel like it was kind of known in the league, but no one knew how bad.
2: Okay. I, I,
1: I, I, baseball's a dirty game, man. Hey, if you think
2: about it, it's like it's like it's like uh, don't ask, don't tell.
1: Yeah. yeah, Like a don't ask, don't yeah. Exactly. It's exact it's, it's that's the mentality of baseball. It always has been. Mm-hmm. No one wants to rat rat anybody out because no one wants to be the rat, except for. Mike Mike Fears, whatever his name is that I right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> don't even get me started. Um, and the other thing is how it's gonna change the game bones, get back to your original question. Um the to change teams, pitchers and catchers are gonna have to come up with different sets of signs for different situations mm-hmm. to make it harder for teams to steal them.
2: We're gonna so, see we're gonna see a whole different um, way of you know, like language, mm-hmm. sign language for him. Right yeah. Up. My baseball coach was talking about that. Yeah. That's, yeah. He was like, You're gonna see a whole different language now.
0: I've always Is found that day? interesting. You know, the 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 hand I've never been a baseball guy, I never really followed baseball or even know what the hand signals mean. They like to pull on their earlobes, they wipe their forehead, they 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 cross I mean, I think that's very interesting that each of those signs means something and how two teams could do the same sign but they'll mean something different for each team. I found that very, very interesting. Yes.
2: Yeah, every team has their own set of
1: specific signs,
2: right? And you know, these this language is over a hundred years old at this point. Right, right. that's football,
1: the best part. Football's like that too, with like audibles. Every team has their own language for on-field audibles. And What's that play-balls. famous one? Omaha. Omaha. Right? That's what the Manning's use. Omaha. Omaha. <laughs> I think I don't know if both Mannings use it. I, I think they both did. I think Peyton and Eli both used Omaha.
2: So there you have mm-hmm. two people on two different teams that use the same language.
1: Same one, right? Well, it's a, it's like a family developed language, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. Archie probably used it too. I never saw Archie Manning play, but Archie you know, was a player or a coach. He was a player. He played for the Saints when the Saints <clears throat> were really bad. He he was like one <laughs> of the first, like he was one of the first dual threat quarterbacks, Archie Manning, because he could run really well too. And I've seen some highlights of him play, like you know, on NFL films. But you know, I don't, I couldn't tell you if he used Omaha or not. But those Saints teams he played for were awful, awesome. yeah. awful, but he, but he awful, played pro. awful football teams. <laughs> the boys were way better; they were a lot more successful.
2: Well, that's all we, you know. I, I hope that if I have kids, they're better musicians than me.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, fellas, let's uh, let's change the tides now. Let's. Uh... Let's go to the world of pro wrestling. <clears throat> I want to talk about a couple of big things. We have had a lot happen over the past couple weeks. weeks. Um, Wrestle Kingdom 14 was another amazing show. We would need another three hours to talk about just that itself. Um, but amazing show, Wrestle Kingdom 14. We have Tessa Blanchard winning the Impact World Heavyweight Championship.
2: First yeah, then- women
0: to ever yeah. hold a men's title.
2: Yeah, and then getting destroyed by yeah. social media.
0: Of course, you know, that can't come without any – without controversy because that's, you yeah. know, what i it is. Uh, Twitter's I'm, I'm, never happy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There always has to be something. I'm pretty sure we've all got to see uh, NXT UK Blackpool 2, which I thought was a great show. Some amazing matches in that. Uh, also, I want to talk about – first, let's talk about Marty Scurll. So uh, the villain, Marty Scurll, was uh, in headlines <laughs> – what, a month ago? Maybe within the past six weeks. Because his contract at Ring of Honor ended and he shows up at NWA Power. And it looks like he was going to challenge Nick Aldis for the title. Now, on the on the flip side, notice I said flip side, keep that in mind. Aldis shows up at a Ring of Honor event looking for Skrull, but Skrull wasn't there. But who is one of Skrull's friends that confronted Aldis at the show? Flip Gordon, another member of Villain Enterprises. So now, Flip Gordon is going to be facing Nick Aldis at Hard to Kill, is the NWA? Yes. Uh, Yes, thank you. Hard to Kill at the end of uh, January, end of this month. So, but over the past week, we heard that Marty Skrull has actually re-signed with Ring of Honor. We were saying, oh, if he's done with Ring of Honor, he's going to go join the Elite in AEW, or maybe he's going to hang out in NWA for a little while before he goes to AEW or somewhere else. Now, Doc, I think you and I spoke about it. We both agreed that we both thought it was the best for him to stay in Ring of Honor. He could be a top guy there. He's going to get lost in the shuffle if he goes to AEW, or honestly, even NXT at this point. He Ring of Honor... NWA, he, too. Even in NWA w- as well. Yeah. But with Ring of Honor, he could be a top guy. He is the top guy that still has yet to hold the Ring of Honor title, and that's where he needs to be. Now, go ahead, Smart. You want to say something on that before I uh so, so here's my thing with this.
2: I, I agree that um, Ring of Honor is the best place for him, and that's because you now have someone from the elite slash villain enterprises in each of the three – Next tier down. I I know a lot of people do not consider NWA at the same tier as, a, as AEW, but I absolutely do right now mm-hmm. because of what's going on with Nick Aldis and Skrull. Mm-hmm. You know, going such to each mark. other's events. No, it's it's not a mark such thing. A mark. <laughs> it's not a mark thing. It's it's a business thing. I I can see that. It's a business thing because now you have to watch all three mm-hmm. to see where someone's going to show up. You have to rock and roll. Express on AEW and NWA. You have Aldis now on NWA and uh, Ring of Honor. Skrull's going to be doing the same thing. Flip Gordon's going to show up on AEW because they're good friends with the Rhodes. And also, he's going to be on AEW because he's going to invade... Oh, sorry. uh, NWA because he's going to invade with Marty. Right. So now you have all these people on three different promotions. And this is, I think... The best thing that Ring of Honor, NWA, and AEW can be – and AEW is not really part of it per se, but they do exchange talent because the best thing about these three is they're letting people do independent bookings and bookings with other companies. I know ROH technically are exclusive contracts, kind of like Impact, blah, 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 whatever, but this is good for business or, as you would say in the big boys, it is best for business. Right. It is not. <clears throat> excuse me. It is not a, a smart thing. Well, even though, business,
1: even though ROH said they have exclusive contracts at Impact, like they still talent share with other promotions that just aren't the ones you mentioned. Like Impact works with AAA a lot. ROH, you know, is obviously working with NWA now. You know, with Marty Skrull, and you know Marty Skrull is also the head Booker there now too. So Marty Skrull also realized it was best for Marty Skrull to stay at ROH.
2: And it was. was yeah. But it's also if you think about it, and I you know, Dan, this is this is all you because you got me into this. This is almost territory days.
1: Yeah, and yeah. almost I think we were kind of talking uh last week, Smarky, right? Was last yeah. time me and Smarky were here. We were talking like, you know, is this the beginning of the other promotions banding together to really try to take down
2: WWE? You're universe. never gonna be able to take them down. But right. you will uh,
1: if, if they if they keep putting out really crappy product on their two made shows and mm-hmm. not getting the ratings that, you know, NBC and Fo- Universal and Fox are expecting, they can be taken down.
0: Yeah, and don't forget, there was an eighty three week span where WCW was the top brand. And they were yeah. the top
1: brand because WW then WWF F, right. was just booked terribly.
2: Mm-hmm. But that it always falls like I I just listened to um, Conrad and Jr. show where they they watched the finger poker doom episode, you know, the episode where where Shivani has to. uh, He's told that he has to uh, tell his audience that what's going on WWF and there's the downfall of WCW.
1: Right. So so, so like WCW made a really cataclysmic decision that's one thing wwe has never done they haven't done anything that's been cataclysmic. like they always like they'll make a lot of bad decisions but they never make like you know the like you know the armageddon decision that completely blows the company up yeah you know whereas wcw made those decisions multiple times eventually like once the once the good once the original good idea that took that temporarily took down wwe ran out they didn't know where to go from there what these promotions that are out now have to do, A.W., N.W.A., at some point, you know, besides grow, obviously, and be able to travel with their show and you know successfully put on shows all around the country and the world, they have to do it by continually pumping out good storylines and entertaining professional wrestling and you know, logically entertaining professional wrestling. And that's what's going to do it. I think that is where the industry is ultimately heading and those promotions are a little ahead of the curve right now while WWEs try to play catch up but because they were so far ahead they're technically not playing catch up still you know what i mean right yep
2: yeah so here's my other thing with this do we really need something to take down WWE or is this just an alternative to people who like the actual, I, I'm going to call it the sport, the sport of pro wrestling and not the corny storylines that go
0: with it, like a wedding or, you know. Hold on, let, hold on, hold on. The wedding of Bobby Lashley and Lana <laughs> is some great television.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to be with you here over this past year and a half. I quit.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I quit. <clears throat> But wait! But before you go on, Smarky, don't forget. People always forget that WWE is sports entertainment. It's a soap opera for men. That's what. Yes, it, it That's is. what it has been since the nineties. Do right. they and go overboard? <laughs> yes, but the wedding is some fun, entertaining television. Da. And you know oh, what? Da. I've da. said it before. Da. The Lashley, Lana, Rusev, and Liv Morgan segments are the top. Watched segments on YouTube each and every week. They are now pushing 11 weeks. They are the top viewed segment on YouTube. I'm embarrassed for Liv Morgan to be from this great state. Listen, I still love Liv Morgan, and I may have my quarrels about how she made her return, but she's going to be the next women's champion. No, okay. Andy is. No, and then her and Ruby Riot are going to run the women. Oh club. God, here we yes, go. Yes, that's right. Dad. I'm just going. I'm going out there. I have nothing to say to you right now i know but listen i have something to say i want i want to touch on this whole marty scurl thing becoming a head booker now first of all why and we, we've seen this not really work in the past it didn't work for hogan hall and nash Oh, mo I, money, I, I see. Mo I know, power. No, mo, mo, hold yeah, yeah.
2: mo money, mo' power. It's money, but this is not this is not the big guy era of Hogan, where I'm the biggest man in the sport. I should be booking this, or Hall and Nash. We're the biggest people in the sport. We should be booking this. No, everyone. Now, when they're learning this craft of pro wrestling, if you notice, and I hate to say it, it's NXT does it the best. You see everyone learning every position, just like a good business right. runs. You learn every position to see where your strengths are. And but maybe we don't know this.
1: Should, but does that mean you should hold multiple positions?
2: Um, I mean, there's been people in every business that does. I mean, if you look back to the territories, look at look at Thez or. um
1: yeah, but you could rocket. also say but you could also say that, that philosophy is what helped Vince McMahon bring down the territory so easy. Right.
2: Yeah, it it is. But I mean I, I still think that we're in a different time and I shouldn't have gone back to the forties and fifties because that was a bad that was a bad um thing to relate to. But I, I, I just think that we're in a, we're in a different we're in a different time now where you can do that and maybe Marty's looking towards his future and he's got plenty of years of wrestling left, but maybe he's just learning a skill. Yeah, head booking might be is an issue. He should have maybe just been like an agent or something. But I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Right. It's quite interesting. Sh- but again, we are not pro wrestlers, and we do not know what's going on. We are just commenting on. It. Yeah. Oh, right. and
1: yeah. All I know is they could have just said, "Hey, you head book your wrestler," and the money just might have been too much to pass up. You know. Yep. These guys think about things like that, and how much they can provide for their family, especially when you're doing a physical job like that that can end at any now, second.
0: Right, but now, do you think this? Now, we said a, a little while ago, ROH is the best spot for Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull could be a top guy. He should be and could be the Ring of Honor heavyweight champion and hold that title for a pretty long run. With him being the head booker, is that going to hold him back from becoming the champion now? No. No,
1: as long as he's a pro about it, no. No, Because yeah. a valid argument can be made that Marty Skrull is the best wrestler in ROH. Right. Yeah, that is an absolutely valid argument.
0: As long as he doesn't face P.C.O. and there's an uh, the New Age finger poke of doom, and that's how he wins the title, I'll be okay with it. See, that's the thing. Why is Matt Taven or Taven and
2: you know P.C.O. Why aren't we considering them the best wrestlers of ROH? I'm not saying they
1: are. I'm saying that they're in the discussion. There, there's, there's un- you could are. Make a very viable argument for Marty Scurll being the best wrestler in ROH. That's why if he's the champion, it's okay, right? Yeah, or I,
0: I had to say Bandito, Bandito. No, yeah, Roosh.
1: Like Jeff, the problem with the finger poke of Doom. One of the big problems was that Nash and Hogan at that point, neither one of them were the best in WCW or the most right. over. They, at they that point, the they were and they, at that point they were holding. Right. Guys like Jericho back, you know, right. and Mysterio that was Benoit, the issue exactly. And, and yeah, all those guys, all those dudes that wound mm. up becoming world champions in WWE. Right.
2: Guys, I'm I'm just looking at at the roster of of ROH, and Skrull is damn good, but I mean like I, Alex Shelley, Bandito, Bully Ray, um, I you know Cole Cabana. I'm hold on, I'm just going through. this. I mean Dalton Castle, who's really good. Um, let me let me keep going here. The Cole Briscoes. Cabana. Cole Cabana is another one that's been Cole here in, in too. Cole, Cole Cabana yeah. is in all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay Lethal, Kenny King. Yeah, Jonathan. So, Grisham. All
1: right, so, you're you're you're, ta- you're you're going way too deep with my with my with my comment. I'm just saying. All right, I'm right, sorry. Right. He's the undoubtedly the best wrestler on the roster. Yeah, But it's right.
0: believable that he is the best Ooh. wrestler on the I roster. I don't know. I don't know. PJ Black was. I think. I think another way to look at this too is. Could Marty Skrull be the top guy in Ring of Honor? Because there has not been a top yes. guy in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has a group of top stars, but there is no top guy. There's no Hogan or Cena or Steve Austin of Ring of Honor. Maybe yeah. Jay Lethal could be considered that because he's had, he's had the longest run. He's been the champion more times well, than Well You need else. more than one. You, you need, need more than one. Right, but there's a group. There's no top guy. Like, Who's the top guy in WWE right now? Great question, you know, and we we've had this (laughs) discussion, (laughs) Doc, you and I, like who's gonna be the next John Cena? Ring of Honor doesn't have that either. Brock Brock, Brock Brock Lesnar, who's the top guy in AEW? Chris Jericho, top guy in NWA? Uh, Nick Aldis. Aldis. So every like regardless of who, like PCO is the champ. Is he the is he the top guy in Ring of Honor? (laughs) Exactly. There you go. (laughs) Tessa Blanchard is the man. Ooh, Tessa Blanchard and Becky Lynch. Oh, Tessa will friggin' murder her. Tessa's never gonna be in WWE. Oh my god. Maybe one yep. never say never in WWE. Dude, I, I
1: could see that match happening outside of WWE before it happens inside of WWE. Agreed, right? Yeah, I, I, I would see Becky leaving WWE before
0: Tessa, before joins, Tessa WWE. joins. Yeah, I got you. But let's rewind a little bit and let's talk about the partnerships between AEW, NWA, Ring of Honor, and how they're all crossing over. We did forget to mention New Japan. You know, Wrestle Kingdom 14, we had the likes of Chris Jericho, John Moxley, have matches at Wrestle Kingdom 14. Moxley is the new two-time IWGP United States Champion. John um, Chris Jericho went into the match against Tanahashi, saying if Tanahashi can beat him, he will allow Tanahashi to face him for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. So even though Tanahashi came out of that match with the L, Jericho. Uh, went to his press conference, and you had businessman Jericho talking about he still wants that relationship between New Japan and AEW and the big things that the two companies together can produce. So even though there was a loss on the New Japan side, I think we're going to start seeing a New Japan-AEW partnership as well. Again, we talked about is this the way of all these, you know what, let's just call them territories for all intents and purposes. Is this their way of trying to band together to see if they could take down the E?
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's it's 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 exactly what it is. These are companies that are all stronger together right now than they are in their own, and uh, they just have they they have, they they also it's more of a global reach, especially right. when you work with JPW. Global reach is important. Um, it seems like WWE kind of has a stranglehold on like English wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. I, I know I know I think Impact does well in England too. But uh, I think it's important for these companies to go to Mexico and Japan and go to basically two other wrestling hotbeds in this world, you know, and just kind of take over and take over as much as they can there. Mm -hmm. Because the WWE style isn't as popular there either. So the fact that they can go in there and go to a place where, you know, WWE isn't the top promotion in Japan and they're not the top promotion in Mexico. They're popular promotions. They do well when they go over there. But they're not the top promotions. Right, right.
0: Well, we've all been saying it for the past year and a half that we've been doing this podcast, and regardless of what's happening, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan because we have so many alternatives now to watch on a weekly basis. And if you're a wrestling fan, then enjoy the ride. Now, I do want to talk about a couple deaths that we've had in the world of pro wrestling over the past couple weeks. Uh, we have lost the likes of legends like La Parka 2, uh, we've also lost uh, Rocky Johnson, the father of Dwayne yeah. the Rock Johnson. Soul man. The soul man, Rocky Johnson, uh, passed away recently. Um, one wrestler that not many people might know of, I do want to touch on real quick, Kendo Nagasaki. He passed away back on January 12th. Now, I find this very poetic, so just hear me out on this. Over the past couple months, we've been talking about the reintroduction of the Green Mist. Right With Asuka in WWE using the Green Mist. And we've associated that with the likes of The Great Muda, uh, Tajiri, as well as others. Kendo Nagasaki is, for those of you that don't know, is a samurai gimmick uh, in wrestling. And there was actually two Kendo Nagasaki's in the world simultaneously. One played by Peter Thornley in Britain, and then the other by Kazu Sakurata in Japan. Now, the difference is one wore a mask, one had his face painted. New Japan, Kendo Nagasaki, introduced the Green Mist. And uh, he had Uh the power of hypnosis over his opponents. But, so, leading back to the Green Mist, I find it very, like I said, poetic. If he's the guy that really introduced the Green Mist to the world of wrestling, he kind of got what he needed to see that his... His legacy is still alive and well in the world of wrestling before he was able to pass now with the use of Asuka using the Green Mist. So I found that very poetic. Uh, I look at things like that, you know, when I see like the deaths of wrestlers and how their legacy might still be affecting the world of wrestling to this day. And for Kendall Nagasaki, that's what it is right there is the the use of the Green Mist still in wrestling today. That's pretty huh. cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I thought that I thought it was pretty know. cool and I thought you know yeah. it's good to shed some knowledge for someone since I don't know who Kendo Nagasaki is uh, you probably wouldn't know who he was unless you watched WCW back in the 90s the early 90s uh, Kendo Nagasaki came to WCW cha- uh, yeah, Marky I'm talking to you he changed his name to the <laughs> Dragon Master and he actually was the manager of the Great Muda right
2: so when, when are we doing this when, when do you want to watch that first episode of, of WCW with me and
0: Go do a couple. I have, have
1: the list here, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. We we need to, I, sh-
0: soon. We need to, want to actually, be in the same room at the same time to do it. Yeah, we this. gotta be
1: in the same. Room. I, and I want to bring. I want to bring him back to even like the '80s stuff, yeah. man. Like with the Four Horsemen. Like so, obviously, surf surf I didn't Sting I, and Ric Flair. I, yeah, I I didn't watch the Four Horsemen in their prime because I was mm-hmm. too young. It was like a year or two years old. But that's right. that's where it really starts. That's where the seeds are
2: laid. I've right. seen some of that stuff though just from being around all the
1: state and flair matches to mm-hmm. the late 80s and early right. 90s dude those matches are clinics and he has to watch uh steamboat Flare, the, the steamboat Flare series in 1989
0: oh yep. dude Woo. we gotta go old school before we even touch anything with wcw nitro yeah okay so. all right so with that being said now let's shift away from the world of wrestling and let's help out our good brother Mr. Fretz, our resident Canadian, who is a loyal listener of the show. He's had oh, some questions, and Jen. Doc has some opinions. So, Doc, take it away. So, Fretz
1: leaves us a nice anchor voicemail, and he was watching his Maple Leafs absolutely dismantle my devils. Eye. Um, no, it was probably about a week ago now I think the game went by. We're just getting to it now. And uh, I believe the final of the game was like seven to two or seven to four. They were they were scoring goals while Fretz was leaving the voicemail, and he's just asking that he want to know what's going on with the Devils down here, and knowing that I'm a Devils fan, and uh, with all their changes in management um, at on on ice and in the office. Uh, obviously, they let John Hines go a while ago, which I was saying they should have done at the beginning of the season because when the season started, you can tell they just weren't playing fundamentally sound hockey. They were being very undisciplined in the defensive end. Taylor Hall is having what I think was one of the worst seasons of his career, and he's supposed to be our star player. So something wasn't right, and I thought Brand, I thought letting him go and giving Nazruddin the chance was good. I thought it sparked the team a little bit. Uh, I thought they were playing better two-way hockey, where I'm shocked at why they fired their GM, Ray Shero. <clears throat> I was absolutely baffled, borderline appalled that they fired Shero. I thought what he was doing was the right direction the team the team should be going. Um, they've drafted a lot of guys. You can make the argument that their farm system isn't stacked right now, but he's also brought in a lot of young players and drafted a lot of young players who are NHL-ready right away. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. There were NHL ready right away, such as you know, Nico Hesher, who has been fantastic since Nazarene took over. Uh Jack Hughes, who was the number one pick in this past year's draft. Uh, um, they bring in Nikita Gusev in a trade. Um he's another young player who was who um who was a KHL star and that's been great. He's made a lot of great moves to get this team at a or at least a respectable level, and they're losing a lot of games that a young team loses—overtime games, one-goal games—and they're losing to the teams they're supposed to lose to, like the Maple Leafs, who are a significantly better team than the Devils. Uh, and the Devils have stolen a few wins here and there. They beat the Bruins early this season. They beat the Capitals a week or two ago. So it's not like they're doing terribly. But I have this feeling the Devils' owner Josh Harris has this—has things they should be winning now. Um, when when this. Sixers were rebuilding, Harris also owns the Philadelphia 76ers, when they were rebuilding he let their GM who was rebuilding the team go, I felt too soon and almost in an unfair fashion, and now the Sixers who, you know, those seeds that GM have laid or have now um, loomed into a good Sixers team, but a Sixers team that hasn't quite gotten over the hump yet. I feel like a lot of that's because the GM didn't get to finish the job he started, He didn't get to finish the vision he started. You know, you you talk about building something and building a business. There's a vision involved, and now we're taking the devil. He's doing the same thing with the devils, where he's sending the GM away mid vision, you know, mid vision at best. If anything, I think the devils are a little more ahead of schedule than people give them credit for. I think they could have been a lot worse than they've been this season. <clears throat> Their losses come just from a. Young hockey team with a couple good veterans taking their lumps. I think PK Subban could have been better this season. Fretz kept bringing up PK Subban in his voicemail because he's a big fan of PK Subban, and he um, he uh, told the great story of of um, how it was hard to basically vote root, root for like it was weird to root for Subban because he was a Canadian for so long, even though he liked them so much. Um, you should play it. I, I hope you played played a voicemail at some point during this. Cut that part I just said out, and now I'll continue. <laughs> Um, so Subban could have definitely been better, or better this this season so far. But I don't think Cheryl did anything that warranted him being fired. I think it's a step backwards for the organization, and I was really upset by that. Hines I understood and was for Cheryl I was not for. Um, I, I don't know where this leaves the team now. You're in the middle of the season, and now the team's kind of has an interim coach and interim GM. It just I don't, I don't. I think it was. I think it was reactionary decision making. I feel like it seems like a situation where the GM and the owner had a big disagreement, and it led to this. And it's really sad to see this sort of dysfunction from the Devils, which is just for all the teams that I follow. They've historically been one of the most stable teams. So it's it's sad to see them, in my opinion, join the ranks of the Knicks and the and the Mets, or in, or in Sparky's case, the Jets. In your case, two bones, the
2: Jets. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. You're
1: both Jets fans, mm-hmm. and and now the Giants, because I don't think the this generation of Mara and Tisch brothers has it together either. So it, it's dysfunctional. Um, it's not smart. It's kind of been the trend for New York sports right now and New Jersey sports. I don't know why. Um, the only things we're really doing right are the Yankees of the Yankees have been great still. Um, the Islanders are a legit Stanley Cup contenders this year. But outside of that, you know the Nets are a average NBA team. The Knicks are terrible. The Mets are always disappointing. The Jets are always disappointing. The Giants <laughs> yep. are terrible. Yep. But Rutgers is good.
2: Rutgers, there you go. Woo! Rutgers, <laughs> everything is good right now, right?
1: Hell yeah, oh, everything's man. good for Rutgers. Right on. Go Knights, beat the Gophers today. Nice.
0: All right. Well, Mr. Fretz, uh, I we hope that. Uh, That answered any questions you had, and you got doc's opinions. If you have any. Any more questions, please feel free to drop us a line. If you guys, meaning the fam, goes to anchor.fm slash pop. you could actually leave us voice messages on our Anchor page. If you have any questions or any topics you want us to discuss, drop us a line at anchor.fm slash pop. And also, while you're there, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of the new and improved fourth wall cast so with that being said that's all the time we have for today folks so if this is your first time tuning in thank you for listening to episode 58 of the fourth wall cast if you want to go back and listen to past episodes of the fourth wall wrestle cast go to our anchor page and all 57 episodes of fourth wall wrestle cast are uploaded for your listening pleasure and kayfabe consumption so, if you like the show and want to show your support, be sure to follow us on our social media at Fourth Wall Cast. That's the number four, T H W A L L C A S T. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. As I mentioned, we are now going to be exclusively on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. So be sure to follow us on both Facebook and Twitter at Fourth Wall Pop. That's Fourth spelled out, L Pop. I have to emphasize the POP because POP's in all caps. Right, Doc? POP? POP. Pop. Dirty POP? Dirty POP. So be sure to watch out for the official debut and the launch of the network on February 1st. Don't forget we'll be joined by our good brothers Big Heck and Wade from Big Heck and Wade Adventures as they bring us all the news and reviews, opinions and reactions and all things collectibles, comic cons, TV, film, pro wrestling and so much more. Also, <clears throat> excuse me. You guys remember our good brother, Mr. DFDc Jeff Palmachio, former host of Not Your Mama's <laughs> Soap Opera. He will also be joining the ranks of the Fourth Wall Pop Network as he brings us content for your reading pleasure. Uh, could be weekly, could be monthly. It's going to be a new bl- uh, blog called The Flog. The Flog is all about. Fandom. He's going to talk about everything in the world of pop culture, so be sure to check out DFDC on February 1st when we drop our first edition of The vlog. <clears throat> With that being said, guys, it's been fun. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. Let's go enjoy our last day of the weekend. What do you say?
2: Yeah, gonna, uh, my uh, last
0: day, buddy. We're going
1: to have some lobster tails for dinner today. Nice. I I keep an eye on some uh, football. Uh, heard here first Titans versus 49ers in the Super
2: Bowl. I have Ooh. one last. I have one last question. I am not an Eagles fan, but is it OK for Eagles fans to cheer for Andy Reid this this year? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Eagles fans should have nothing to be angry with Andy Reid about.
2: OK. Yeah. All right. That's it. I'm done. That's it for today. Well, if yeah, you're they done,
1: should have nothing to be at this point. At this point, I would think most Eagles fans would want to see Andy Reid get that rank. But I don't think Andy Reid's getting that ring because I think that Derrick Henry's going to control and the Titans running game's going to control that game. They're going to keep Mahomes off the field and they're going to win a semi-low scoring game and meet the 49ers who are going to beat the Packers in the NFC title game.
0: Okay, I'm done. All right. Well, Smarky, if you're done, Doc, if you're done, then I guess this is J.C. Bones signing off. As I am done as well. So again, if you've enjoyed the show, be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe, and help this thing continue to grow to be your biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the Fourth Wall Cast. Goodbye and good night. Go nights. (laughs) <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.
2: Bye. bye. <laughs>
0: Exit the warrior today's storm so he gets high on you and the energy's train He gets right on to the friction of the day.
2: All right, guys. I'm out.
0: such better songs <laughs>
2: so the whole permanent is out all right uh, that was, that was, that was moving with
0: pictures bro moving pictures moving pictures not with, you know, with pictures, pictures. Moving pictures
2: all right now i'm out now all right I'm out, then. goodbye first, Bye, of first, of all, first of all the best rushed albums are 2112 and hemispheres hemispheres is a, is a close second to planet or to permanent waves for me Werner Waves has got some tunes. Jacob's Ladder, bro. Ooh. Jacob's Ladder's cool. All right, we're saving this for next week. All right. Peace, guys. Peace, yeah, stairs.
0: Whatever, goodbye. Later, Lignes. clowns. Bye. Doc, you're still ugly. Fuck you. Love you. Damn it, I have to hit the squid Skype, but fuck you.